This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. I'm uh, actually uh, broadcasting from Toronto this week, uh, but I am joined uh, by fellow uh, tech expert and Get Connected team member John Beeler out in Vancouver. How's it going out there, John? It's going great. We have a really cool show today. Uh, later on in the program, uh, we've got another uh, Toronto tech expert uh, joining us. His name is Derek Malcolm. We'll be talking about a few uh, interesting uh, stories. Amazon Prime Days are coming in uh, July. We'll uh, explain what that all means and uh, how to find the best deals and not get ripped off. We'll also uh, be talking about smart glasses. Uh, I had a chance to visit uh, the North Focals store here in Toronto to get fitted with uh, smart glasses, and I'll uh, tell you all about that uh, and uh, so much more. Starting off, though, we always uh, cover the latest uh, tech news. Uh, John, some uh, interesting stuff happening this week. Nintendo has released uh, a new... uh, gaming console, uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite. Uh, Explain. Yeah, this is actually quite exciting. Uh, This is something that's been rumored for quite a while uh, about Nintendo having sort of alternate versions and sizes of their very popular Switch console. And uh, the Switch Lite is uh, coming uh, in September, and it's actually priced pretty well. It's about a third cheaper than the uh, original full-size Switch. And uh, it has some drawbacks, though. It doesn't have removable controllers. And you can't plug it into your TV. It's meant for truly a handheld experience on the go. And so the price on the, the light is how much again? It's about 260 Canadian. And the, the full switch is how much? It's roughly 380 Canadian. Okay, so it's um, about, about 100 bucks cheaper. Yeah, yeah, which is, and, and it comes in some different colors and stuff too, so it's kind of fun. It, it's not quite as uh, bright and crazy as uh, some of the original Switch uh, neon color schemes have been. Um, and they've also got some plans to release a Pokemon-specific version that's going to be out uh, later the same year uh, in November uh, that'll be color-keyed for the new Pokemon games that are coming out. Do you think this is going to cannibalize the Nintendo DS, uh, which is their other handheld uh, game console? I'm actually, I'd be surprised if the Switch itself isn't already doing that. Um, but, the, you know, the big challenge for, for parents is, like, you're not going to give your kid a $400 console they're going to drag around their, in their backpack. This is a little bit cheaper. This is probably a little bit more durable because it's not meant to be taken apart like the Switch Joy-Cons are. Uh, so it might be the, sort of a, a sweet spot for Nintendo and, uh, and parents uh, this holiday season for getting their kids something. The other good thing about this is that it's still compatible just with all of the games that are available on the original Switch as well. Very cool. Uh, also, uh, in the tech news, uh, we talked about the Raspberry Pi, uh, the little, uh, I guess, uh, hobby computer. Uh, you can turn these things into to robots, to media centers, to uh, uh, retro arcade consoles. Uh, they're releasing the new Raspberry Pi 4, and I guess there's already issues with it, John? Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they uh, have some problems with the USB uh, power that they're using. Uh, they didn't follow the full spec for USB-C, and so certain uh, power adapters won't actually work with it. So, you know, the, one of the nice things about USB-C is that it should just work, and the uh, power adapter itself will auto-figure out how much power to deliver to the device because the device will talk to it. And what the Raspberry 4 uh, doesn't do is it doesn't properly recognize those smart cables. Uh, they're called e-cables uh, because they're basically meant to identify themselves. And what happens is, Basically, your Pi won't power on at all. Um, yeah, so your, your Raspberry Pi won't power on at all because it'll think that your, uh, the cable you're connecting to will think that it's plugged into an audio device and it won't give it any power at all. So 
presumably in a future version of the uh, a Raspberry Pi 4, they'll fix this problem. But uh, for the ones that, you know, I've actually got one on pre-order and it's not going to work with a lot of the USB-C cables I already have. But uh, they do have a couple cables that have, they've identified that will work with it. And they're also a very inexpensive uh, cable to buy. So it's not going to be that big of a hardship if you do get one of these original Raspberry Pi 4 boards. But they are going to uh, fix the next iteration of that, I guess. Yeah, it, I think it's a minor setback, but it's also something that might prove disappointing for people that want to use it with, you know, whatever USB cable they have laying around. Uh, you're going to have to be a little bit more careful about which cables you plug into it. Uh, another interesting uh, entry into Canada here, John. Uh, there's a, a new Uber for boats, uh, a boat sharing uh, app uh, called Get My Boat. Uh, so you can actually use this app to rent uh, boats in Canada now. Yeah, this is actually quite quite cool. Um, typically, you know, you have to go down to the marina and find some guy to rent a boat from, and now you can just do it all from an app. And uh, they just expanded into Canada. And according to the uh, article that I read, there's about just under 500 boats available in Toronto and Vancouver for rent. And uh, one of the interesting features about this is that you can actually find uh, captains to pick you up for a boat ride with this app, or you can rent the boat yourself and be the captain uh, if you have the appropriate uh, experience. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you can rent all kinds of boats. Uh, obviously, uh, power boats, they, they say right up to 50-foot yachts, jet skis, yeah. uh, but also smaller stuff like canoes and kayaks and, and paddle boards. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. And it's just going to be something I think a lot of people will jump onto this summer once they become aware of the app. Because uh, that was the thing. I didn't know it existed. And I just bought kayaks a few little while ago. And, uh, you know, I might have used this instead. Uh, another uh, interesting uh, story. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one uh, as well, John. Uh, the federal government uh, is uh, uh, poning up some money to uh, create a, uh, I guess, a, a fast charging network for electric vehicles uh, from coast to coast in Canada. I did see that. That must be uh, very good news for you and your Tesla. Yeah, not that I'm going to drive my Tesla across <laughs> Canada, but uh, the more car chargers out there, uh, the better. So uh, I think they're investing, uh, I think, an original uh, amount of uh, about $4.6 million, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, uh, but uh, they're uh, going to be working with Petro Canada to build uh, 92 new electric vehicle fast chargers uh, as uh, part of this new coast-to-coast uh, charging network. And I, I think that's the, the big thing. There's uh, quite a few car chargers out there uh, now that I, I found, but they're not all fast chargers uh, and if you can use a fast charger you can get you know three quarters of uh you know a battery charge uh you know full up uh in a, you know usually about 45 minutes you know half an hour to 45 minutes as opposed to several hours so would these be based at the petrochemical stations or are they standalone somewhere else yeah, they don't really specifically say. I'm, I'm wondering if they will put them in a few of the Petro-Canada stations. That kind of makes sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, I usually find, uh, uh, you know, these are good if they put them in kind of uh, shopping mall areas as well to make them a little more convenient, uh, you know, for you to spend some time while you're waiting for your car to charge. That's right, yeah. Outside, outside a restaurant or a mall makes a lot of sense. We've got a lot to talk about here on today's show. Uh, later on in the program, uh, we will uh, be talking about uh, a bunch of uh, malware and security issues for a number of different uh, devices. If you've been using the Zoom web conferencing software, huge, huge issue uh, with that. We'll tell you uh, all about it and what you need to know. Uh, also, Apple Watches. Uh, they've got a cool walkie-talkie feature that uh, apparently Apple has shut off. And we'll explain uh, the reason behind that uh, as well. We'll also be covering smart glasses 
classes, uh, are they ready for prime time? Well, we'll have to wait and uh, listen. Uh, and Amazon Prime days are coming here in July. We've uh, got our good uh, tech expert friend, Derek Malcolm, here in Toronto to uh, chat all about that. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Yagerbo here in studio, uh, actually in the Toronto Chorus uh, station. Got John Beeler back in uh, Vancouver uh, as well. Want to talk Amazon Prime now? We've got uh, one of our tech expert friends uh, out here in Toronto with me. His name is Derek Malcolm. Thanks for joining us, Derek. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, excited about Amazon Prime Day? Uh, do you buy a lot of stuff on Amazon? I do, actually. Yeah. It's, it's probably embarrassing how much stuff I buy on Amazon ever since... Uh, I also learned that uh, they will deliver to my cottage. Oh, up north. Yeah, it's like I was. Hey, I'm gonna like order two day shipping. Like not sometimes not two days, but sometimes yes. And I'm a Prime member as well. So, yeah. and I was really surprised. I was like, Am I gonna get this in a week? And I came up from the beach, and there was like a box sitting on my cottage doorstep, and I was like, Yes, you're living the dream. Oh, I, really? <laughs> I am living the dream. It's been you can have cereal cool. delivered to your cottage. Basically, it's yeah. like I, I I always find that I try to find excuses to buy things on Amazon. <laughs> I'm starting to feel bad on some things because it's just so convenient now and you know it's right. cheaper. And so now I'm even buying like paper towels and toilet paper on right. Amazon. But I feel I feel bad because the toilet paper comes in this giant box and I'm just wondering, you know, <laughs> what's my carbon footprint on all <laughs> all of this? Exactly. I don't know if you should be buying toilet paper on Amazon. That seems a little bit I mean that's even overboard for me. <laughs> well, my wife's like, "Hey, we need toilet paper." I'm just like and then it comes and then like it's there. It, it, usually it's like next day. Right. Yeah, do you, do you remember is, those buttons? Yeah, the Amazon Dash buttons. Right, or just like, I, I never had one of those, but I that's just, that's, I think they, that's too far. I think they did away with those. Yeah. Uh, so Amazon Prime Day is actually expanded to two days this year, right. uh, July 15th and 16th, uh, and uh, it's uh, supposed to celebrate Amazon's uh, birthday. I didn't know if you knew that. No, I, I didn't know that. I, I mean, of course, I know it's coming up Monday and Tuesday, but and I've been kind of looking at the pre-deals Already, but uh, no, I, I didn't know it's their birthday. I guess that's why they're doing 48 hours instead of, what is it, usually just one single day? Yeah, I think they want to make more money. <laughs> I think that's the reason. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh, so what's uh, happening, basically, if you do, you know are living under a rock, I guess, and don't do any online shopping, is uh, Amazon has this big day, or in this case, two days, uh, right. where they just uh, have all these crazy, amazing deals. Yeah. for Amazon Prime members. If you're not one, uh, I think you can get a free 30-day trial. I think it's a way to get right. people to sign up for this as well. For sure. Yeah, and they've got everything from like HDTVs to all their Amazon products, uh, you you name it, headphones, wireless chargers, Echo, Fire Stuff, smartphones, and in, in everything. Yeah, it's, uh, and I mean, even like the, the smaller the smaller stuff too. But it takes a bit of digging, but you can find some pretty pretty sweet deals. Uh, they're making a big deal out of this. Uh, you'll be able to actually stream a, a Taylor Swift concert uh, with Amazon Prime Video right. as well. I think that was. I think that might have been a couple days ago. Yeah, right? they're going to have, gonna have the replays daughter. up there with all <laughs> without all the ads and, and stuff. Right, uh, John, uh, do you do you take advantage of Amazon Prime Day? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I have my uh, my wish list going, and I'll be monitoring all the stuff I've saved uh, to see. You know, now's the time to buy because it's probably going to be the cheapest on Prime Day. Um, and, and I'm also a really bad impulse buyer on Prime Day. I bought an Instapot a couple of years ago on Prime Day just because it was so cheap and, and all my friends were doing the same thing. <laughs> and uh, actually, I love the Instapot, so it's all good. 
so it's interesting. All sorts of things kind of fall out of this uh, as well. Uh, there's a, a website, a company called uh, FakeSpot, and uh, they actually monitor uh, fake reviews on e-commerce sites. And they say uh, during the ramp-up to Amazon Prime Day, the fake reviews uh, of products on Amazon go up dramatically. Yeah, I, f- I found that really interesting. I-, I didn't know that before. I mean, it makes total sense. It's uh, I think it's a lot of companies that aren't featured in Amazon Prime deals, but they'll they're trying to increase their rankings so that their products will show up while as like suggested products while people are shopping for Prime Day deals. And what do they say? They said last year, uh, FakeSpot reported that last year uh, in 2018, it uh, the fake review number jumped 12 percent. Uh, in July. So although this year's numbers are still are obviously TBD, they're even saying that already as of June, uh, the fake reviews are already uh, accounts for 34% of the reviews on Amazon. 34%. Yeah, last year was 28% in June. This year it's already at, it's already at 34% in June. No, wait a minute. Last year was 28% in July. Yeah. This year it's already at 34% in June, and we're only, like, at the beginning of July, so... A little, little bit uh, crazy. I guess the thing to look though, uh, for uh, on Amazon when you're looking at the reviews, they have a verified buyer uh, right. for the people that have actually purchased uh, that product uh, from Amazon. So I always uh, look at those first, because a lot of those other ones, right. uh, you don't know if they actually bought the product or, or not. Right. Uh, John, uh, we were talking earlier about this. They, they actually have a, a new feature uh, that uh, can help uh, help you spot counterfeits. Yeah, this is a new program that they've launched uh, in the States uh, a little while ago, and they just expanded it to Canada, the UK, and a few other countries where uh, basically brands can uh, get a unique product code number from Amazon that will then be put onto the products so that when they're being sold and you buy it and you get it, you'll actually know that you're actually getting a legitimate, say, memory card because, you know, Sandisk is, is very popular for being counterfeited. Uh, and so there's a lot of uh, fake products that we see on Amazon. And now this is how Amazon's sort of addressing that problem by giving brands the ability to basically authenticate their products, the certificate of authenticity, if you will, uh, for the products. And they've got about 5,000 different brands already signed up and they get a couple hundred a month uh, signing up to the program as well. So it's, that's, that's good for everybody. I think that's a fantastic feature. And, and some people might not know this. Uh, they think, uh, a lot of people think that all the stuff you see on Amazon is sold directly by Amazon, but it's actually a marketplace. Yes, Amazon does sell some stuff directly uh, from Amazon, uh, but you can sign up as a, a seller on the Amazon uh, marketplace. And so a lot of the stuff you're seeing listed, uh, you know, there's literally, you know, tens of thousands of different other storefronts uh, that are selling through uh, the, uh, the Amazon interface. Yeah. And, and there's just, there's just no way to verify, you know, where it's coming from. That's one thing I think I wish uh, Amazon was a little bit better at is telling you where this product is actually going to be shipping from, because sometimes it, you know, it's a little nebulous as to where it's shipping from. You can usually tell if it's an Amazon uh, warehouse product because you can get it same day or, you know, two-day shipping or whatever. If it's a little longer than that, that typically means it's coming in from somewhere else. And that might be your, your tip that it may not be as authentic as you would hope. Any deals uh, you're looking out for? Um, I'm trying to think. There, there's, there's always 
you know, something that you don't need that you find just too good of a deal. Like we don't need any more lightning cables or USB cables, but we always end up buying them on Prime Day because they're basically giving them away. But um, no, I'm uh, I'm actually looking for uh, some video game deals, maybe some uh, some Switch video game deals uh, that I've been holding out on. And also, apparently, there might be some um, like Apple accessories, like new watch bands and stuff like that, that might be uh, are rumored to be the best time to buy is Prime Day. So I'm going to watch for that as well. Yeah. So you know, obviously, some tips. Uh, you know, before you go on Amazon, uh, go in with a plan, so you don't get uh, taken over by impulse. Uh, Shopping like uh, like our good friend uh, John John there, uh, and also you know look around you know look at some of the other e-commerce sites uh, as yeah. well because uh, there's actually a huge spillover effect now. A lot of other sites are having sales during that uh, that time period uh, as well. So there's uh, lots of uh, different uh, types of uh, deals to be uh, had out there. Anything you're looking for, Derek? Yeah, I got my idea on a or my my idea. I got my eyes on a a soundbar. I'm looking for a new soundbar for the for the TV. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm. I'm, I'm gonna check uh check the deals on that and i just installed the other day in my house i live in an older house in the west end of toronto and we have like an old an old school uh it's an air conditioner but we don't have like pushed air it's it comes from like a unit in the tops uh, the top of the stairs and you can't control it you can only control it with like this old school remote so i bought a sensibo yes and uh i so i just installed it yesterday and i love it uh, yeah, so I think I'm I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna try to find a deal on one more of those for my second unit in my in my uh, my house. Very so, cool. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more uh, tech to talk here on Get Connected. Uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of uh, security issues around some popular uh, software and products, including the Apple Watch, uh, the Zoom web conferencing software that I know a lot of people uh, use. Some serious stuff uh, happening with that, and uh, some really serious malware affecting Android phones uh, as well. So if you use or own any of that stuff, stay tuned. This is uh, Mike Agarbo here for Get Connected on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Uh, I'm joined today uh, by uh, John Beeler, uh, who is uh, in Vancouver. Still, I'm uh, in Toronto with uh, our good uh, friend and tech expert, Derek Malcolm, who's joining us uh, for this uh, program. I want to talk smart glasses uh, now. And uh, we've seen a lot of advances uh, with these. Uh, Smart glasses are basically glasses that use augmented reality. They can actually project images uh, on the lenses that uh, only the wearer can see. Google made a big splash a number of years ago with Google Glass. And, uh, you know, there's a number of companies trying to take that forward now uh, as well. John, uh, you've still got your Google Glass. I do. Do you use it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was a long pause. (laughs) How how much did you pay for those? Uh, It was about $1,500. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, um, I used them pretty regularly for probably about six or eight months, and then basically the uh, awkwardness of wearing a camera on your face uh, became too much to bear. Yeah, that's a little little crazy. Well, I have actually uh, gone down to the uh, North Focals store here in Toronto. They've actually got two locations: one in Toronto on Ossington Street, and one uh, down in uh, New York in, in Brooklyn, uh, I believe. And uh, they have uh, a new type of smart glass that kind of almost look like normal glasses, which is the problem with a lot of these smart right. glasses. You look like a Borg. That's actually what yeah. uh, that's actually what drew my attention to them when they first came out. Because I'm a I've worn glasses since I was ten years old, and they were the first glasses that I ever saw. Where I was like, well, they actually look pretty stylish. Those they look like glasses that I would wear from a from an aesthetic perspective. 
Um, I'm still not sold on the whole holographic overlay in my everyday life. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how that all works. So you go into the store, and it's uh, beautiful. Uh, they've got the glasses on display there. There's uh, you know different sizes, but uh, they all kind of look the same. There's three different colors, black, uh, tortoiseshell, and kind of a... Uh, uh, a dark gray uh, model uh, as well. Right. Uh, but essentially, they take you into this room and uh, they 3D scan your head, which I found very, very interesting. And they uh, That's take dangerous. pictures of, yeah, my head is huge. I don't know if anyone should 3D the cameras, scan your yeah, head. Yeah, the cameras uh, almost weren't uh, big enough to, to do that. Uh, so uh, they also scan your face and uh, your, your ear and uh, your eyes uh, as well. And they take all of that, the 3D scan of your head, the photos. Uh, and they send that off. I don't know where they send it to some special place where they make the glasses. Space. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one downside. You have to wait, I think, six to eight weeks for these things. Yeah, and we were trying to figure out why, like what what accounts for the six to eight weeks. Like, are, is that just manufacturing, or I, I'm not really. Did maybe they give they, you any clarity on? Maybe that they at all? mail the specs to the manufacturing <laughs> facility over in China right. and then ship them by boat. <laughs> back uh, back right. here uh, so once they're ready uh, I have to go back to the store though to have them you know then fit it again and right. calibrated uh, as well because th- it's got a little projector on one of the arms uh, yeah. that projects the image uh, onto the glass and you, you re- it, it really has to be perfectly aligned or you don't see the image right because I actually got to try some of the glasses in the store uh, but if it's not on your face the right way you, you only see half the image or right. it's it's blurry. Uh, so you really have to, to go through that. Second thing, though, uh, you have to wear a ring. It's a little joystick ring yeah. on your, uh, your index finger by your thumb. And uh, you can use that to control, to go through to different menus. Uh, it'll which also which use isn't your- a horrible idea. I mean, I, I can't remember, maybe John refreshed my memory. How was the, uh, the Google Glass controlled? Was it the same thing or I can't remember now? No. No, it was, it was mostly voice controlled, but the little side of the uh, the actual housing that was on your right temple. Oh, that's right. Was yeah, basically a little, little touchpad, and it actually had a physical button for taking photos, and also you could swipe back and forth. Right. Uh, so I, I guess this is a step in the right direction with focal. I mean, yeah, it'll work in conjunction with the voice assistant. Uh, they'll work with you have to have it paired with an iPhone or, or you know right. an Android smartphone. Uh, so it'll work with the voice assistant, but it's kind of cool. Uh, it'll show you messages uh, on there, uh, directions as right. well. Uh, you can also order an Uber through it. Right. Which Directions, wh- I thought, could be kind of kind of interesting. I just got this picture in my mind, and I've seen people I've seen people wearing them, like in videos, and I, I think even at CES this year they were displaying them, and and uh, people who wear them have this weird vacant look on their faces, <laughs> like they're just staring off into the middle distance. And yeah. It's just sort of like you you want to just like snap in front of them and go, hey. <laughs> It just kind of looks sort of weird, but I don't know. Maybe that's how everyone's going to look in the future. <laughs> oh, very soon. Very soon. Uh, you know, I had a chance Definitely. to try John's uh, Google Glass on before. I mean, they were okay, uh, but this takes it a, a step further as far as the image. It's in color, uh, and it almost looks kind of holographic and a, a lot larger than the Google Glass display, John. Yeah, yeah. That that was the the one thing I didn't like about the Google Glass. It was a fairly small little prism that you could focus on, and you couldn't also have it on... Uh, Either eye was only on your right eye, which happens to be my worst eye. So it was really difficult for me sometimes uh, to, to use it. But uh, just going back a little step, the, the navigation piece was something that I really loved about 
the Google Glass. But I'm really curious to see how North handles that because it was a really nice way to sort of walk through your world and being, you know, seeing up in the corner of your, uh, your vision, you know, a little indicator of like turn right, turn left, you know, whatever that is. And even when you're driving, it was nice too. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how long they last as well. Uh, you know, you have to charge these, these glasses, uh, obviously. They're 1000 bucks with prescription lenses right. in it. So. Which I guess is comparable to, per, like, these were like, yeah. their glasses are not cheap. But, no. You know, like, by any stretch. But 1000 bucks that's a lot of money. I think these were 1300 What but, kind of glasses do you have? Well, I mean, I, it's my, I'm blind as a bat. Like, I, okay. I only buy them every, whatever, four years or something like that. So, and, I'm, you know. Next step is LASIK, but I don't think I'm going to do that. So I, it's like spending money on my eyes, you know. Like it, it was funny. Uh, I was looking through the, uh, the the literature. They had some booklets, and you know they've got obviously the you know pictures of models wearing them, and right. <laughs> the beautiful people. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. I mean, they look amazing, yeah. right? These people. So I asked uh, you know the, the the people that worked in the store there. You know, hey, what kind of people are buying it? And they're like, well, you know, people in the tech industry. Right. So like weirdos <laughs> like you and me. Yeah. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, we're not models. No, <laughs> so, no, we're, no. we're one step away from living in our parents' basement, essentially. <laughs> yeah. why, why won't girls talk to us? I don't know. Oh, the sad truth. The sad truth. Yeah. Uh, but they do kind of look like normal glasses. The uh, The arms are super thick. But right. they, yeah. they, I think they've done a good job overall. Aesthetically, they're probably the best-looking smart glasses that I've, uh, I've I seen think, so far. I think so, too. Yeah. So, uh, the use case, I'm just sort of... warm after... Oh, heat up the side of your head? <laughs> That's yeah. a good question. Like Google Glass did that too. If you, if you were using it for like an intense application, like navigation, it would warm up and you would feel it. And uh, so it'd be oh. interesting to see if that happens on both of the arms on the on the focal. Well, it'd be good for winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a feature for Canada. That silver line. It's a feature for Canada. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I'm going to get them in six to eight weeks, but I have to come back to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, good. I was going to say, it's been nice uh, nice having you here. You, yeah. You should come more often. Well, thank you. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk security. If you use the Zoom uh, web conferencing uh, software, and a lot of people do, uh, apparently uh, hackers can get in and actually turn your camera on <laughs> when you're not there. Uh, yeah, I know. Great. Uh, also, uh, Apple Watch, the walkie-talkie feature is being turned off uh, for some security reasons uh, as well. And uh, malware hits the Android phone uh, market again. We'll talk all about it. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in Toronto with our tech expert, Derek Malcolm. And we've got uh, John Beeler back in Vancouver holding down the fort. Let's talk uh, security and hackers right now, which is basically a daily story. <laughs> now, uh, they're out to get us all the time. Uh, so there's some big issues uh, happening uh, around a few different uh, things. Uh, Apple Watch uh, users, uh, the walkie-talkie feature has been disabled. We'll talk about that in a minute. If you're an Android smart phone user, uh, I think as many as 25 million phones may have been infected uh, with malware that's hiding in WhatsApp and a number of uh, other apps uh, as well, which we'll uh, get into. Uh, but let's talk about Zoom conferencing uh, software. Uh, this is a very popular uh, web conferencing software that uh, a lot of people and businesses use to connect with each other, to share screens, uh, and also do video conferencing. And uh, essentially, uh, there was a, a vulnerability with it that uh, uh, allowed uh, your Apple Mac camera to be turned on. John, explain. Um, yeah, exactly. So what happened was, is if you went to and clicked on a, a specific link 
that could be easily circulated. And uh, it was easily uh, reproducible by the people that discovered this particular problem uh, with the Zoom software. Basically, what would happen, it would trigger this uh, web server that was installed as part of the Zoom package. And it was it was meant by Zoom to be uh, sort of a, uh, a thing that saves you a click on doing some other things, but it actually became the sort of uh, <laughs> hiding in wait uh, server that was waiting for someone to ask for its uh, permission to use. Um, and it would then turn on your camera without you knowing. I, I don't think it actually uh, disabled the LED light, so you would know that the camera was on for some strange reason uh, if you clicked the link uh, that had been compromised. And uh, so what happened was is, uh, Zoom kind of played it down at first, and they were saying yeah. it was more. Of a I, I, I would, I would too. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, and then everyone kind of lost it, and uh, and Zoom was backpedaling big time uh, earlier this week. Uh, what got really interesting though is the fact that even if you uninstalled the Zoom app, this service was still running in the background and still could be activated by uh, a, a clicking a link in an email or any any other link that you would come across, uh, which is really scary when you think about it, that uh, a company was able to install something, you uninstall it, think you're doing everything right, but it's still left behind some garbage that could be hacked. So um, Apple actually earlier this week did a silent removal of this particular piece of software from every Mac. Uh, Presumably, assuming it had internet access for an update, uh, I don't know exactly how it would work if your laptop was offline. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was that big of a concern for Apple that they actually stepped in and, and did Zoom's job for them. So it wasn't hackers that put this in, it was just carelessness? Yeah, it was carelessness. But hacker, well, researchers found it. I don't know of any examples where it was actually used in a compromising situation. Um, but it's just one of those things that if they knew about it, they would keep it to themselves and they would find a way to exploit it and or sell it to you know the dark web or whatever. However, they do those things and uh, someone could have taken advantage of, of that particular thing, especially with a piece of software like Zoom, which is, is very popular. I mean, it's up there with Skype as far as video conferencing goes. So it's, uh, it's a little scary when you think about that. They, you know, again, they were trying to be helpful and save you a click, but it actually was a really bad move and not a smart move on their part. So I can't watch Derek anymore, is what you're saying. No. no. Oh, no, I'll make sure my camera's enabled. No, okay. <laughs> no I, I use it uh, in, in business all the time, like uh, connecting yeah. with clients. Yeah, I think I, I, was just, uh, I was just saying to you before we came back that uh, I think I had done an on, on a, a video conference uh, job interview recently, and it was, it was the first and only time I'd ever used Zoom. But they're was, still, wa- they're still watching you, Derek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 They're still watching me. Yeah. Why you didn't get hired? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, or they hired me and then they quickly changed their mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's also talk about the Apple Watch. Uh, kind of a cool feature of uh, the latest uh, update to the uh, Watch OS is uh, the walkie-talkie feature. So you could be really nerdy and uh, essentially uh, use the walkie-talkie app uh, that uh, uh, would allow you to connect with uh, other Apple uh, Watch uh, users. You look like a total dork. But it was it was kind of cool. So, John, they they actually disabled it. Yeah, and this is uh, you know again, it's a bad week for privacy concerns. Uh, Apple pulled the plug on it because they were concerned that it was possible for you to over or someone to overhear the by sort of uh, sideways getting into the walkie-talkie functionality and, and basically listen in on conversations on through people's watches. 
uh, which again is really scary. And you know, there's no indicator that your watch is actually broadcasting the microphone that's on it as well. Unlike the the zoom camera thing, you at least have an LED notification that, hey, your camera's on. But uh, but yeah, so this is this is again a, a concerning problem. But you know, Apple being uh, proactive in this case, they shut it off until they can figure out how to uh, stop that potential exploit. Let's move over to Android now. And this is kind of disturbing. Uh, they say that as many as 25 million Android phones uh, could be infected with malware that hides in WhatsApp uh, and uh, other apps. Uh, that's kind of freaky, John. This is actually a lot scarier than you would think because they're actually calling it Agent Smith uh, from the Matrix movies, if you're familiar, which I know you are. Um, basically, because what this particular malware does is it takes over an existing legitimate app and reprograms and, and replaces its code with its own code. So you think you're using a legitimate WhatsApp and you're actually uh, using a compromised version of WhatsApp that was already installed on your phone through legitimate means, and this malware will take over uh, that stuff and be able to broadcast, read your messages, uh, send stuff on your behalf, all that kind of stuff, which is really quite scary. Uh, and once again, this is on the Android platform through a third-party app store. Um, but apparently the creator of the, uh, the, some of the apps that have this exploit in it um, we're able to get a, a number of apps into the Google Play Store. And uh, Google has since removed them, but it's kind of scary when you think about the fact that these apps are going, or you know, this malware is able to go in and reprogram an existing legitimately installed app and take over its uh, communications technology. Yeah, I think the lesson here, uh, whenever possible, use the Google Play Store, even though I guess they got infected as well, but at least they are a little uh, faster taking these uh, these bad uh, apps uh, down. When we come back from the break, it's skills time. If you've got an Amazon Echo speaker with Alexa, we've got some skills for you. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Egerbo here in Toronto. We're going to go back to John in Vancouver for our Alexa skill of the week. What do you got? This week, we've got the Mayo Clinic First Aid app. It basically gives you some... Uh, uh, tricks and tips for self-care uh, if you're having a problem from a trusted medical source as opposed to just random Google searches. So how do you, uh, how do you invoke it? Uh, you basically say, Alexa, open Mayo First Aid, and then you can ask for a topic. And there's a whole bunch of different things that you can ask. Uh, and it'll try to find a, match, a matching uh, response. So things like, you know, how do I treat my baby's fever? Uh, tell me about spider bites. How about some help for a burn? <laughs> I'm hoping you're probably going to call 911 if you're like on fire or something like that. <laughs> uh, how do you treat a cut? You know, and then you can also get stuff that you should sort of know beforehand. So like instructions for CPR, it'll walk you through the whole process of doing CPR with the voice command system. So it's, it's actually a, a learning tool, but also something you can do if you're actually having an issue uh, and, you know, maybe your hands are full because your hands are on fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't actually type uh, on, on your computer or into your smartphone. Uh, it's called again? The Mayo Clinic First Aid app or skill. And that's available in the uh, Amazon Alexa app uh, or off uh, the Alexa website. Well, that's all the time we have left for Get Connected. Don't forget to listen to our sister show every Sunday here on CKNW980 and the Course Radio Network, the app show from 10 to 11 uh, every Sunday morning. This is Mike and John and Derek logging off. We'll see you again next time.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.